The Leave Radio Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members, and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year Space Legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Ladian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 323 of Lave Radio, the show about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Edler Weiss, that's known as Ben Moss Woodward. <coughs> <coughs> You done with the COVID as well, then? No, I'm fine, actually. Oh, right. That's not in great taste, to be honest, Ben. You're really right. It doesn't taste great. I coughed up half my lungs there. It's oh. kind of manky, frankly. Well, good. But yeah. We, we, um, we, we, we know we have some people who are suffering from COVID at the moment, so, you know, get well soon. Well, that's, that's the voice of our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. I guess yes, I, I have... he's being nice. No, I've turned over a new leaf. It's my New Year's resolution. Remember, we've seen you in chat all day today, Shan. <laughs> you broke that resolution already. I was being provocative, not <laughs> being nasty. Mm, remind me to look up the phrase provocative in the dictionary and see whether it actually matches. We also have our deputy trade attaché, Commander Souverine. What up? And we'd also like to um, to welcome our tech gibbon, the Chris Mark for for helping out with tech tonight. Evening, evening. So, <laughs> I, happy New Year to everybody! Before we even start, now, if you wish, you can join us live. I well, can you join us live, Ben? Are you hanging out around Lave Station? Yeah, I am lurking at Lave Station at the moment. Um... I'm just lurking in Lave Station while I do some tech things in the background, but yes, I will be I will be venturing out at some point. Yeah, unfortunately I can't make it to Lave Station because I went out to the coal sack, but more on that later. Um so uh, if you can't get to us in game, you can join us on the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Go click on the live chat. Or on twitch.tv slash laveradio, or even on YouTube or on Facebook. We've we've done quite well at that. So Welcome to 3307. So we'll catch up with the crew, see what they've been doing while we've had our downtime. So I'll start with Commander Souverine. It's been really busy for me. I I was in prison after the last thing that I got involved with, which I told you guys about, which was reassembling that band in Chicago. But then when I, when I was there, suddenly this man with grey hair and this really sonorous voice uh, and, a, and a sort of ermine robe came into my cell and said said you i've seen you in my dreams um and um and then a door opened in my cell and i found myself escaping from the prison through a load of catacombs and then um 
Uh, and then it all everything got really busy. Um, and anyway, I ended up saving a town called Kavach from uh, from being completely destroyed by by demons. Although I didn't actually do a very good job. And then over the weekend, I reinstated a long lost heir to um, to their rightful place as uh, as monarch. And then quickly afterwards, as a deity. And then today, I've mostly been working. Right. Um, I see that the uh, we all know what Souverine's been having for Christmas. <laughs> I was just saying, Sudarin, how long is your nose today, by the way? <laughs> uh, a very dashing and handsome length. Has he got a twig on the end with a leaf? <laughs> and, and do you have a friend called Jiminy? <laughs> oh, uh, Shan, what have you been up to? Um, I've been lonely and staying at home over Christmas and New Year. Um, we'd had a uh, like a, a Christmas dinner planned with my parents on the 23rd. Mm. And and then, of course, everything changed and we were put into tier four. So the turkey is now in the freezer waiting for when we can barbecue it in the summer and get around <laughs> to actually going somewhere. So we just had a quiet weekend, uh, sorry, a quiet Christmas New Year at home with just me, Mrs. Shan, and the eldest mini Shan. One thing I did actually think was quite cool, though, is did you see the end-of-year fireworks and drones in London? Unfortunately, I missed it because um, things were happening up here. Because you, you were, okay. Um, it's worth watching them because the drone display was spectacular. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it made me wonder if they were using the same techniques as Frontier did for controlling Targons, because that would seem to be a, an ideal way of doing drone displays. But anyway, so that was really impressive. Um, because you didn't have to control the one drone. Yeah, that's right. Um, hmm. So it's worthwhile seeing it and wondering that. Um, so that's kind of what I've been doing, really, just not doing very much, really. Um, the uh, yeah, I, I mind you, the other good thing about my Christmas and New Year is that for the first time in way too many years that I can remember, no relative brought me links, shower gel, or anything useless like that. Because I, 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 oh. I, 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 yeah, I don't use link shower gel. It smells horrible and doesn't clean you. Don't ever buy me it. But it doesn't matter how many times I say that, I always get it. <laughs> We've got a smelly shan. <laughs> Well, not links anyway. <laughs> it's like I get a, I get a set of socks every year, and the the last month before, <laughs> you're just there going, "Hang on, sock! You've only got a month to last." Anyway, Pen. Well, I, I guess if Shan didn't get links, Shar Gel for the actually, I think probably pretty much the first time ever, I got about three things of links Africa. And like Shan, I don't use it very often. You know, I use other other shower cleaning products because, again, like Shan, I don't think you know. I I prefer other things. You didn't get you. You're still dipping into your supply of high karate, are you, Ben? Supply of what? High karate or old spice? No, God, no. I'm 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 not seventy yet. Uh, uh, hi, karate. The only aftershave that came with um, self-defense lessons on the inside label because you would have to fight them off. Is that? <laughs> I have no idea. No, that's exactly what they were. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I remember I know about Bruce is my grandfather used used it. Uh, so I do have good memories of Bruce because my granddad used it, but that's really about it. Oh, that um, was one that advertised by Barry Sheen, wasn't it? I didn't know Mr. Sheen did did smelly stuff as well. No, he I was advertised by Barry Sheen. No, I just thought he shined umpteen, umpteen things clean. No, Barry oh, Sheen, there's motorcycle. Oh, oh, no. Okay, whatever. You fell for it. You fell for it. Hook, lane, and sink it, Ben. Well done. Whatever. <laughs> Um, no, I, I had an awesome Christmas because nobody could come. Uh, so basically, it was just me and my family, my wife and kids. So I was like, yeah, fuck you guys. I get to spend Christmas with the people I want to spend it with, not the rest of you twats, which I loved. And like, do, I, those, those, do those people listen to this podcast? If they do, well, they I They do in New shit. Zealand. They do in New Zealand, don't they? And in Lebanon and in Turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now that's like, I'm actually I am actually bullshitting there. Um, Christmas was yeah I did manage to go home for basically about the first time since summer, um, and but it was obviously it was just me and me and the family. Um, we usually do have Christmas uh, Boxing Day parties and Christmas and New Year's Eve parties and things like that, and we'll go to the pub and things. But you know, obviously none of that happened. And to be honest, I was all right with that because, you know, I just meant instead of going to a party, I was hanging out with with the kids watching, you know, watching films and things. And I, I loved that because I was just like, it was just chilling with the kids. And that was awesome. <laughs> um, well, that sounds like a really fun Christmas. I liked it because it's just, you know, me, me and the family. I did enjoy that part because usually we have about 15 or 16 people around our house. Mm-hmm. Uh, over Christmas, and uh, if I have to see another sausage on stick by the end of it, you know, <laughs> or, yeah. or cheese or cheese block with a pineapple on, oh Jesus! Yeah, my your volavons are so tasty, as they've been sitting yeah. out for like five hours. <laughs> yes, we always like having pigs in blankets, or as you lot probably call them, relatives in the spare room. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what? I like that one. Delayed, but he liked it. <laughs> I, I'm well, very bad at jokes. I, I'd pick them up several seconds after, uh, after everybody else's. That's uh, a Gary Delaney special, that one. So, you know, <laughs> I, I might as well uh, credit the guy because I don't come up with this stuff myself. But apart from that, I think the only thing I've really been doing has been playing. Um, I've been logging on, playing some Elite, and playing Cyberpunk. Uh, because I actually can play Cyberpunk because I've got a PC. Ah, I, I take it that you have you had many buggy issues with that one, or are you okay? I've had, I've had no issues with it. I, you know, I and I don't know if it's because I'm playing it on a PC rather than on a Xbox One or PS4. Oh um, yeah, it will be that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I've only got a. It's a. Oh, I don't know about a three, four-year-old i7 and a nine seventy graphics card. So it's not, you know, it's not a great PC, but it's yeah, I'm so getting, it's, it's good enough. It's good enough for me to be getting. I'm getting about thirty five, forty ish between thirty five and forty five frame frames. So, yeah. so Ben, how how does it look in a um, ten twenty four by seven sixty window on your PC? No, I'm playing um, playing it at ten eighty p. If I do it at 4K, then yeah, that that murders everything. 
but I can play it fine at 1080p on um, high settings with a couple of things dialed down. Is what I've I've wound up going, and I'm getting a you know I'm getting a solid 35, 40 frames a second. Good. I can't complain, basically. Well, moving on from there, uh, I had a, a, a like everybody else a nice, quiet, family. Uh, family Christmas. I was quite lucky that I managed to get the new X-Wing miniatures game version 2.0 conversion sets, which took, I think, hours to swap all the dials over and all the cards over and things like that. And finally got it all set up, asked my son whether or not he wanted a game, and he just looked and went, I prefer our Star Wars Armada instead, which is the other big miniatures game. (sighs) So that was a waste of money. Anyway, um, oh, that, apart that from... reminds me. Sorry, Colin, jumping in again. That reminds me, actually. Um, you jumping in, Sean? Never. I know this is my New Year's resolution to not do that. Um, anyway, um, you talking about miniatures reminds me of something that actually really good that happened over the New Year. A, a friend of mine who I shared a house with while at uni. Um, he works for a um, a company that designs and builds electric vehicle power plants and things like that. And no, it's not the T. He won. Um, but anyway, he, he did, he, from memory and from images, he has, using his proper industrial 3D printer, printed out 3D prints of old Cobra Mark 3s and Pythons, which he's going to send to me to paint and things like that. And it doesn't take very long to do. And he's kind of like, oh, I did these. You know, what do you think of those? Oh, that's amazing. I want one. I'm so jealous. So, yeah, he can 3D print elite ships. So... <laughs> And so, and the subject of this, uh, funny you should mention that. I put one of the uh, the posts about my elite miniatures uh, game up on Reddit. Did very well, two hundred, three hundred upvotes. But one of the things I was doing mostly over the over the time was um, one of the requests that we've had at Live Radio are for tutorials about starting the game. So we've now got the Live Radio Guide to the Newbie section, which we've nicknamed Highway to the Newbie Zone. Uh, and you'll find that in the notes, in the show notes. So, um, yes, I think we shall move on to the development news, or what have the dead said this week? Well, not much. There was a Super Cruise news this um, this afternoon. And uh, we got introduced really to Zach for the first time properly. Um, Zach, basically, he has got into Elite Dangerous four years ago. Uh, we know he likes mass jumps, and he likes the the great phantom for exploring. So, um, what's everybody's first impression about uh, Zach then? I think he's a good addition to the team, especially using the great phantom for exploring. Um, if you use an aspect explorer. Yeah, no, he would have gone, gone out, but having a hands for exploring is a positive sign. I think he's a lizard in a person costume. Oh, God, not one of those. I mean, I have absolutely no idea. I didn't, I didn't watch the show. I don't know anything about him at all. Because <laughs> uh, the one person that I think Ben's just disappeared for a second or so. So um, we'll move on. Art is actually going into the office tomorrow. Um, apparently there are They are posting out prizes for the Christmas stream. And also, the CM team are doing more prizes soon. There was no news about Odyssey, nothing at all. Um, The only only thing that we've had is basically on Steam, the um, release date of the 21st of April came up again and then disappeared again. So whether or not that's just Steam being funny or or something, we do Do not know. 
do you think um, art is going to be the only one in Frontier's office tomorrow? Because if it was me, I would, if on my own on Frontier Towers, I would go into David Braven's office, sit on his chair, and like zoom it up and down the aisles. I thought you were going to say sit on his lap. Well, no, not if I was the only one there. But no, just, you know, you, you kind of, I don't think you ever really stayed really late in the office or pulled an all night in the office and there's no one around. And you can just like muck about with your heart's content. I wonder if he will. I wonder if he'll kind of like play pranks on people, you know, like mocking their drawers and hiding the keys or whatever sort of office pranks goes on. So basically, what this is the kind of thing that Shan would do. You would set up buckets of water above the doors, ready for the next person who's. Walking. No, 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 nothing is no nothing as harmful as that. Because if someone gets wet, they then have to go home and dry, and that's that's not particularly funny. But just generally, kind of, you know, zooming the chairs around, or this is know. sounding like you're basically wanting to try and live vicariously, is that, aren't you? Through art, sorry. Well, no, I've done it. I've done this sort of thing when I've been in the office late and you're using chairs up and down and you um, you change people's key. Well, you, you make, say, the space bar slightly loose or something. So make double space, everything. That sort of stuff. Harmless. Uh, you basically put someone's coffee mug on the wrong uh, on the wrong person's desk, hoping that it'll cause a fight later. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, or pour, or get the milk and pour all the milk down the fridge. So there's like a milk. Who drank all the milk? Um, this sounds like this. This sounds like something out of a Stephen King novel, where there's a is a store which you just ask them to do a little favour, which will for the the prize that you want, and um, it just causes mayhem. It sounds a bit more like criminal damage than harmless things, doesn't it? Like. <laughs> Like breaking people's keyboards and stuff and throwing milk down a fridge. I don't know. It's just. I, I will admit it's quite an that unusual thing when, to do. when colleagues have been off on holiday, I'll go and there have been a couple of times when I'll, I'll maybe post, put some surgical tape over the center of their mouse or something. Not so, um, electrical tape, sorry, over the center of the mouse. So <laughs> I thought you were going to say oh, I, I put cling film over the people's lose. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Many, many, many years ago, um, what the, I, I worked in the, the, the technical support area um, of the company I worked for, and uh, we were sort of responsible for. They used dumb terminals at the time, mm-hmm. and um, there was uh, the, the, what, what we did to one guy. Uh, and we, we chose him because he was like annoying. He was like the Arnold Rimmer of the of the office. Anyway, um, what what we did is um, we took when he was at break, we took the shoes out of the back of the terminal so it wouldn't turn on. And uh, he came back and he wasn't working, and he sort of called down to us, and um, he, was, he was like Ken because that's that's the guy who uh, I was working with. Time. Oh, Ken, my 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 terminal's not working. And Ken was like, Oh, have you checked the bulb? And he goes, no. How do you check the bulb? And so, well, if you if you um if you take the top off the terminal, lift it up, inside there's a bulb like the one from overhead projector. Mm-hmm. And and so he then came downstairs and said, oh, he, he, he gave him a screwdriver. He said, well, make sure you turn your terminal off, you know, but, and the screws are here, here, and here. Lift the top off, and the bulb is just inside. And um, anyway, so he went upstairs, and uh, about half an hour later, um. 
he came back down again. So I, I can't see the bulb in this terminal. I've even have, <laughs> I've even had the entire floor looking looking for the bulb, and I just can't see it. And um, and we say, oh, okay. Um, oh, we forgot to give you the bulb. That's why. So we we, we went off to the stationary code. We got him an overhead projector bulb and gave it to him. And uh, we said, oh, here, here we go. Here we go. Have a, have a look at this bulb. You know, put it in there, and then you'll see exactly where it goes. So anyway, went back upstairs again. 20 minutes later, he said, I'm really sorry. I just can't see where this bulb goes. And we go, well, what color was your text? And he goes, oh, it, oh, it was orange. It was an orange text terminal. And we go, oh, I'm really sorry. We gave you a green bulb. And oh, by this dear. point, the whole company knew about this guy and this bulb joke we played on him. Uh, but it's a bit unfortunate, actually, because word got around the developer community uh, the system we used about this guy and the bulb, and unfortunately, it backfired on it in a couple of in a couple of careers because people knew he was the terminal bulb guy, and it like went with him for his entire professional life that he was the guy who tried to change the bulb and turn on. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Right. So there is another prime example of never believe. Anything Shan says, and how someone puts you. It wasn't you me. It was a, Ken. It was Ken. It, how someone puts you in a support role to help people? God, they're just asking for trouble. Anyway, I am the BF, BFH. <laughs> moving on from there, we have our in-game events. Now, what has been happening for the last couple of weeks while we've been away? Well, quite a bit actually. Um, Lakin's Spaceways. Uh, have been in financial trouble, as we were discussing before. And it does seem that there has been a couple of bits of underhand market practices, which have led up to Core Dynamics finally purchasing Lakon Spaceways. Apparently, we've now got two months before Lakon is absorbed by Core Dynamics. Now, um, the Alliance has said that they're a bit concerned that make this company that makes ships for them is going to be a federal company so there's there's something going on there so guys what do you think to this particular plot strand oh no in two months time the alliance will start having good ships um (laughs) i think actually it's a really good storyline because it gives them an excellent route in to produce a new ship and new vehicles and stuff like that in time for Odyssey. So you can have the the, the then Lacon Panther Clipper or something like that. It gives them the ability to add new ships and maybe mm. even decide what ships are produced by CGs. Speculating. So yeah, I, I, I quite like the twist actually. Um, but as I said, my main hope is it actually allows Lacon to make a decent ship. <laughs> ben, you next. I'm, I'm going to disagree with Lacon making decent ships, seeing as they make don't don't Lacon make the chieftain and that <clears throat> that line world beating universe shattering ships the chieftain the challenger the chieftain is a good ship I like the chieftain I chieftain's love a great ship. explorer uh, chieftain's yeah, a really Ast- popular ship yeah and as you say Colin the Aspect explorer. The you know the the type series are very good for what they do. I'm, I'm I I don't agree about Lacon not making good ships. 
He only says not... it to troll. No, well, yeah, that is true. Um, <laughs> he only says it because he knows he'll get a rise out of us. Yep. I told you it's my New Year's resolution. I'm being good. And you've broken it already, Shan. We know this. It's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm being serious. Well, we had this discussion a few weeks ago. So go, if you don't know the discussion, go back a couple of weeks and listen to the podcast. It's fascinating. <laughs> well, moving but, on, well, moving well, on well, from shipbuilders. Oh, hang on. Have you have you carried um, on then, Ben? Yeah, I, I I actually wonder if the alliance is going to step in and block it. I think we're going to actually. I think Lacon is going to keep us Lacon, and I don't actually think the the takeover is going to actually take a, take effect. I agree. The world's most um, pointless story, then, wouldn't it? Not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, we got the Christmas discounts, like thirty percent off, like Lacon well, actually, stuff. N2, do you want to introduce yourself to the team? Well, to the team hey. and the listeners. See, yeah, sure, I don't think, nobody knows who you are. Oh, yeah. Um, hi, everyone. I'm N2. Um, outside Elite, I'm a student in, from Singapore. And so I'm Southeast Asian. And in uh, Lab Radio, I'm Tech Orangutan. So, yeah. Also, N2 is not... A programmer in his mid forties from Scotland. Hey. <laughs> We're all for diversity on Lake Radio. We are all for diversity. We've got people from Edinburgh, people from Glasgow, people in their early forties, people in their late forties, people who work in game development, people who work in in systems development. We've got database administrators. We're all for diversity here. And 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 we all can type. Really fast. Yes, exactly. We we we, we have comments of the week and shove them somewhere else. Because exactly, we all <laughs> we, we have people who type in a, on a variety of different keyboards. For their jobs. <laughs> Says an editor. <laughs> <laughs> what? Doesn't everyone use mechanical, anyways? <laughs> of course, everyone uses mechanical. Yeah, I use mechanical. mechanical. What, what are you? You're doing something wrong. I don't. I use a membrane because I don't like to feel like I'm spelunking. If Lacon, if Lacon made keyboards, they would they would use Spectrum. Well, moving on from our uh, someone in chat just uh, said that Singlish. That's what. That's certainly something else from the usual Scottish accents. That's yes. pretty cool. Yeah, we've got. I actually sing- noticed that. Yep. That's uh, Nophilius. Yeah, Nophilius. Mindware <laughs> uh, says Colin uses a membrane. <laughs> yes, there are so many places we can go right now. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Yeah. Having a go at me, fine. Why not? Let's let's. It's supposed to be a New Year resolution. Right. So yeah, uh, even though it's about half past four in the morning for poor M two at the moment, he has joined us live. <laughs> Well, actually, we're close to five a.m. now. Yeah, He's that is a morning. remarkable commitment. <laughs> well um, done. And he's going to be primarily working on editing the editing the live show down. Hopefully, getting it out in a little bit timely, more timely fashion. Uh, <laughs> but we will we will see how that all works out. So, is this a test then? Like, if he starts to drift off and go to sleep, we know the show is boring. He's just woken up, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe. No, I mean, I'm, like, while I, you know, uh, 
I'm here. I'm actually studying my comp site test later. I, I was studying while you're doing the tech for Live Radio. No, Chris is doing. Yeah. Chris Martin is doing the tech. Chris is doing. Uh, Chris is doing the tech today. I'm just here to sort of watch what Chris does and then do it next uh-huh. time, maybe. I see. Yeah. Excellent. And and then wonder, wow, how how can I match such professionalism in the future? How can I match that orange simian expertise? <laughs> Um, unfortunately, before everybody gets excited, um, poor Enter here doesn't know what the orangutan is in um, <laughs> in Discworld. So uh, it's because it's it's, it's local. The orangutans are quite well, close to you, aren't they? The orangutan was the librarian, isn't he? Yes, he is. But Enter here doesn't know about Terry Pratchett and the Terry Pratchett and the orangutans. We're just pointing it out. Just in case anybody starts going ook at him for no reason. Uh, they, well, Winterview and Jonathan Teatime have both said that yeah. in. Right, anyway. <laughs> um, we'll carry on with the in game events. Um, Sirius has announced it's got trouble with the Ammonia World's conversion process. However, some people suspect that they weren't really into converting Ammonia Worlds into, into human habitable worlds for some reason. We might come into that later. Um, Utopia has now called for a, a summit of all the superpowers. So the, you'd, you'd like to hold a, a summit between the Alliance, the Federation, and the Empire in the hopes to defuse tension. That'll go well. They've been listening to our Christmas show intro, haven't they? <laughs> yes. Beginning to get a little bit worried. Um also, the terrorist threat seems to have subsided due to the Marlinists getting their own worlds. This was a CG that ran over the um, over the time we were off, and uh, it obviously succeeded. So the Marlinists have got their um, own. Isn't kind that of a mini-pop. bit like giving into terrorism? <laughs> well, no, because well, the Marlinists. I know there's lots of plants to go around, but you know, doesn't that actually just encourage? Others to do the same and write open letters or something. <laughs> I like this. Shan has now equated a bombing to an open letter. <laughs> However, um, that doesn't mean things have gone quiet. Now, whether it's connected to uh, what was ha- Sirius were doing with the Ammonia Worlds or not, the Thargoids are back, and they are back in force. Uh, this is the first major attack by the Thargoids in a couple of years, with systems in both the Colsac Nebula and the Witchhead Nebula under attack. So big is this attack, the AXI say they can't repulse all, or uh, can't repulse them from all systems. So they're only concentrating on the Colsac, and I do believe that they've got most of the Colsac under control. Um, last time I checked. Which I think was a couple of days uh, days ago. There was one system out of nine has been completely pacified. That's probably gone up quite a bit by now. Uh, and finally, the alliance has started preparations for their elections, which are due in February. So overall, guys, it's been busy. What's your impressions of um, the state of the galaxy at the moment? Narrative-wise. Mm-hmm. The thing that least surprised me was a reaction from the Thargoids. Because it is a bit like them going, gear off my land, isn't it, really? What most surprised you, Shan? 
No surprise me. Um, to be fair, I think the things actually moved and happened at all, and they didn't just go to sleep over the Christmas period, which I thought was a credit to Frontier. Yeah, and I'll completely agree with that. That was, it, I was That's half expecting it. All, isn't it? Yeah, I, I completely expected them to shut down. And when we finally get, you know, the content continues over the Christmas break, I was, I was happy with that. There's certainly plenty of things to do. Anyone else? Um, I, thought, I thought it was very, very good. Um, I, I don't think, I wasn't, don't want to be all like, I'm so clever, but I, I didn't, I wasn't massively surprised that things didn't switch off because historically when Galnet has been in full flow, they generally used to schedule things to carry on publishing even over holidays. Um, so so given that Ga- Galnet was ongoing and alive, it wasn't a huge surprise that it carried on because this stuff is all scheduled. It's not that they don't write it on the, on the hoof. They do it in batches, mm-hmm. I'm sure. So um, would be funny if they did. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it'd be arguably it'd be quite fun if they did because it would mean that they could be slightly more responsive and maybe take player reactions into account. But I don't think that's the way it works. It's done well in advance because it needs all the localizations doing and stuff. Um, so, um, and I remember, in, I remember years ago noticing that they published things on Christmas Eve or whatever. Um, it is, uh, it is cool that there are so many concurrent threads though like there are there are so many things in play at the moment politically and um diplomatically and and uh with you know with corporate takeovers and and um superpower expansionism and and um uh and internecine politics and stuff it's it there's loads of different ongoing storylines and at the moment it's really unclear as to how they interact um or how they how they will interact in the future which is quite exciting well Unfortunately, there hasn't really been any other news from Frontier, so there's been no newsletters or even store alerts. Um, we've had the the wonderful shiny skins in the store uh, for the last couple of weeks. I think they've gone by now, um, by the time that this podcast will go out. So um, if you if you haven't got your Chrome Chrome Viper, I'm afraid it's gone until next year. So. Damn. I was really, yeah. I was actually fairly nonplussed about the selection of skins for Christmas. Yeah, yeah it's been all right, but I remember before Arcs came along, and it's not right at all. But I just remember keenly looking every day to see what new skin was going to come out. And this mm. time, it's like, well, yeah, meh, meh. It, I don't know. I, the, the new skins this year didn't do it for me. Just going back to what Sue was saying, is I, I kind of wish they did make the stories up as they want as they went along because what they could then do they could then go to hey sue can you tell us what you've been doing this week and then use whatever sue comes up with as a story <laughs> oh god that'd be great i'd love it if my fictional slash deadly serious activities made it into galactic news no less that'd be great fun but you pretending that basically that you're you're a james bond substitute uh, James Bond hasn't actually been the inspiration yet. Oh, that, that's that's a pity. I mean, I'm I'm well impressed with the Walter Mittiness of of your your uh, weekly updates. Uh, uh, they're they're all, quite they impressive. All, they all have cultural uh, touch points, which um, I'm hoping people would get. But, um, but perhaps they're perhaps they're too oblique. Do these touch points <laughs> involve membranes or not? <laughs> <laughs> membrane. Think, it's, I, it's just like. <laughs> that is not even 
it's not a euphemism. It's not a. It's not a genitalia. Like it's just nothing. I, I'm. Yeah, it's the ability to to find euphemisms where where nobody else can. It's amazing. It's a potential smutty word, though, isn't it? I mean, if you look at the word moist and the word, oh. membrane, you know, moist and membrane, or even a moist membrane, can um, <laughs> change the images. Are you just basically turning around and going, "Call, cool, look at the membranes on that." Is that what? Is that where you're going with this? Because I'm, I'm putting a stop to it right now. <laughs> if it's I actually look at the moist membranes on that, isn't it? And that's why we prefer <laughs> mechanical keyboards, kiddies. <laughs> and right at this moment, um, uh, I'm is obviously the show is lost, so we're going to take a, a short break. <laughs> with some adverts and then we'll come back with our main discussion before this lot start really going off on a tangent i spend so much time in my imperial trader i find it really hard to meet people i mean when do you get the time to go to bars when you're taking on courier jobs for the military but with venusdating.com it was so simple i just put in my personal details and they found me my perfect match i really thought it would be difficult but venus dating made it so simple with so much in common. We both like movies, walking along the beach at sunset. Browsing imperial shipyards. And of course, since we started dating, we've discovered that we both really love... (laughs) Shooting (laughs) Thargoids. Let your voyage begin with venusdating.com for every first encounter. On the far side of the bubble... On the dark side of an airless moon. On the slightly more interesting side of a ravine. There lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank Really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, char, chub, jack, loach, crabby, muckabate, prickleback, sole, snook, snake, tang, wahoo, wabagum, banjo, banga, snook, sole, shad, scat, come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw, hooma hooma nuka nuka wabba wabba. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, Fish, because, you know, space. I don't know about anybody else, but I always find myself dancing a little to that song when it when it's on. I don't know if it's just me. And twirling your fingers. And what? Smelling your fingers. fingers. Did you say smelling your fingers? No, I said twirling your fingers. Oh, twirling your fingers, yes. You've got membranes on the brain now, haven't you? <laughs> hmm. Right. Well, moving on, we've got... Well, obviously, New Year. So we always come up with this this subject. It can it it comes round every time. So this year we're a little bit more optimistic uh, about Elite Dangerous in thirty three or seven. So, well, for obvious reasons. So I think we'll go around the crew and um, 
I'd, I'd like everyone to think of, you know, if the game is in a good place, what the devs have said that gives you hope that Odyssey might deliver on, on what is promised. I mean, let's start with Shan. <laughs> And see what Why you can come up with. Why are you giving me that nervous laugh as if I'm about to, I don't know. No, I'm not doing anything. <clears throat> I'll tell you, New Year's resolution, be good. Anyway, the thing I'm actually most looking forward to has got nothing to do with Odyssey at all. Um, what I'm looking forward to is seeing the way uh, the community managers and the whole Frontier development team move on with the narrative, the way they interact with the... Um, with us, the players, basically like the whole, if you like, resumption of communication and story and everything else like that to do with the game as a whole. So, mm. Odyssey, I'm reserving judgment until I can play it. But that's actually what I'm looking forward to the most because you know, over the last four or five months, that's been the thing that's impressed me the most, and I just want more of that. Excellent. That that uh, yeah, I think that's going to be quite a popular subject tonight, Ben. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to agree with... Oh, I agree with Shan, but I want to add to agreeing with Shan. Well, then, um, add, add away. I know, I'm trying to think. I'm trying... Because, uh, oh. yeah, the thing I'm looking forward to the most is, is basically the CM's interactions with us. You know, I... I know what I would want Odyssey to become, but I don't want... I want to turn this into a looking forward thing with what we know about... Um, the stuff we've seen so far looks really good and really fun. And I'm looking forward to trying it out. I'm really hoping that Odyssey will meet my expectations. And I'm looking forward to an early beta, frankly. Yeah. That or is something. Or whatever you want to call it. That is something that uh, I think everybody's waiting on. Uh, Sean? Yeah, I was about to say um, there's one thing I think that can really stop the community managers from in their tracks basically. And the, the, the thing I worry about with as far as the community managers is if they come on this show. Because typically, <laughs> what, because typically what happens is we invite them on the show and then they just run away and never come back. Yeah, that, I, I must admit, last time we had um, Arf on the show, we couldn't even get him in the same CQC group. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a great well, it wasn't uh, a great introduction to us. And then the last time we had the community manager on, it was Will and Stephen, and they never came back. Yeah, we were scared Will off so quick so much he, he went to another department. And Stephen uh, went to SRV driving lessons. So what is what are you looking forward to then? Um Why are I you think, positive? Uh I'm positive because uh all the things that I care about with elite have been going in the right direction this year um mm -hmm. and i'm um i'm positive because um all the things all, all, all the things that frontier have said about um odyssey have been uh have have been reassuring to me so given that i've been on the elite dangerous train as it were for six or seven years now i, I you sort of you, you bring a bit of expectation and I guess a little bit of emotional baggage with you because you, you know, you, you, you've sort of been led to believe that, you know, that you've been hurt before. <laughs> well, no, not that, but more, more that direction is going in a, is the, the development is going in a certain way, and certain things will find their way into the game, and the game is being built on X and Y and Z principles, um, and and that makes that, that that's what convinced 
convinced me to to back it and um and it hasn't always felt like it's uh like those things are front and center um particularly things like commitment to um commitment to um like a high fidelity simulation universe and and um uh an ongoing development of of new arenas of play like uh like new planetary landing types and and space legs and that kind of thing um but this year that has or, or last year even that it sort of felt like they have, everything was was moving in the right direction it sort of felt like none of those promises had been forgotten and that um and that it was just a matter of time um and um uh but more specifically the the actual nuts and bolts of what um what odyssey is is look, looks like it's it you know everything that devs have said about the philosophy that they're approaching it with um the answers that they give really inspire me that they're that they're making something that's going to be uh, very thoughtful very detailed very very high fidelity um and um and i just think it bodes really well and i think this time next next year we'll all be really amazed that we were just flying spaceships around 12 months previously right yeah i mean i must admit and i think i've been happy enough with the way the plots have been going i am i'm going to say something controversial here but as long as the you know the plot and the galaxy interaction happen continues to happen at the same pace it's been doing i'm happy enough even without odyssey yeah, it's interesting because what you just said has kind of made me think. You know, it's a question of well, if Odyssey is as much of a flop as the New Year's Doctor Who, would I still? Oh God! Would I? You know, would I? Would I feel disappointed? And I think I probably would. If it, if it didn't live up to my expectations, I think I would feel as there's been a tremendously missed opportunity. But. I think you're probably on on balance. I think you're, I think you're probably right. Actually, I'm enjoying the narrative, and because for me, a game has never been about content per se. It's always been about community and all the sort of the softer stuff. So, yeah, I think I think I can sort of agree with you there, Colin. Thinking it through. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if uh, if Odyssey doesn't, uh, if if it goes a bit of the old multi-crew, then um, yeah, I think I'm a, I would be a little. Uh, uh, a little upset, but as long as they kept on doing the the yeah the the plot and the and the CGs that go with it and the the surprise events like the the, the Thargoid attack, yeah, that's that's what I I've really wanted for the last year or so. Although I will mention something because Nopolis um, has just mentioned something which um I discovered over the over the Christmas holidays is because I got the the headset out uh, and of course went onto no man's sky in full VR now obviously the full VR is not avail- is not going to be available on the planet site on you know for for walking about and I must admit, after having that experience, No Man's Sky, I'm going to find it difficult to play in VR and Elite Dangerous. So I'm hoping, I am praying that they, they're going to be able to to keep true VR all the way through the game at some point in in this year. Um, I know that was a bit negative, but it's one of those things that I didn't think I'd miss it until I tried it. If you see what I mean. In No Man's Sky in VR, because I must admit I haven't played it in VR. Um, what are the movement controls? Are you teleporting? Are you? You got a choice of both. This is what annoys me about the discussion with um, 
with Elite Dangerous and, and, and VR. In No Man's Sky, you can teleport if you want. You can you can walk with a stick like a regular video game with a with a gamepad. You know, press forward to go, and you, you know you you can sort of do what you want, sort of depending on what your nausea tolerance is. Um, and they really there are certain controls that they've done for VR, like the, there are motion controls. So you you access your you, you get into your spaceship using motion mm-hmm. controls, and you actually fly your spaceship with motion controls as well. But but really, it is just the game. And just with VR, then you're just in it. It's not like it's, it's not like it's a it's a very different executable. It, it really is a very very similar experience. And I and when people talk about the oh you know the reason they can't do it in Elite is because of the locomotion thing. You know it's such a problem. They want to make it really smooth. Like it, you're just overthinking it. Like just No Man's Sky just stuck it in. And do you know what? Some people feel nauseous. Those people teleport. That's fine. Other people use the press forward to go thing and that yeah. is also completely fine like and and yeah okay elite is a multiplayer game i play vr multi i, I play um uh, no man's sky vr multiplayer and if one person's teleporting and the other person's walking do you know what it's completely fine like it's totally totally fine um it doesn't look weird it doesn't look jarring you can you can add a delay in there's there's absolutely i don't know i, I just i just feel like that i just feel like the whole thing is massively overthought i i i feel like the the conclusion that Frontier have drawn, which is a little bit of jank, is worse than uh, the whole thing being flipped to a uh, projected screen inside a headset. I, I feel like that's the wrong, the wrong calculation. Yeah. Stephen Usher in chat asked an interesting question: Is so how does fast-paced on-foot combat work in VR? Uh, so I just want to point out here that um, considering, okay. So, uh, just a small question: How old is Elite again? Uh, Elite Dangerous. Twenty fourteen. It was released. Twenty fourteen. I, I would say twenty. I would say twenty twelve for the actual base engine and things. Though, really. We can take twenty twelve, twenty. Let's keep it twenty thirteen because of taking the average here. Um, if you see Payday Two, it was also released in twenty thirteen. And I'm sure you guys have noticed, but I, I mean, we're talking about two different, completely different engines here, but um, Payday 2 actually had VR implementation not that long ago. And it was sort of like a really, really good VR implementation. So you could really play around with it. And um, I mean, there were some funny moments, right? Where people were one-handing a huge minigun rather than... Um, the normal thing and teleporting was always kind of weird in VR, but that's just my opinion. I, I don't know. That's honestly, I, I don't know. I don't play first-person shooters in VR. I mean, the, the what I have in my mind is being awkward. Is you have your hotas in front of you for your ship and your SRV, and then all of a sudden, while still in the game, you have to remove your hotas or rummage around to try and find a controller or something that's going to be different to even using hotas yeah well this is something that's that's i found really interesting i don't know if if you did this Suve, but when in no man's sky um i couldn't actually play vr sat down i had to stand up did you find that uh i played it both i, d- I didn't feel the need to um I'm a, a mate of mine plays it standing for maximum immersion i tend to play it seated. <laughs> Because it's easier. Um, it's it's fun for both. I, I, I think it's definitely a personal thing whether you feel compelled to stand up or not. Mm. 
Well, it's just a sort of I don't know. It did. It kind of it kind of felt that it, like I think in, in, unless you're in a driving game, if you're in a first person perspective, because I did get it, one of the things that the Epic Store did was uh, Alien Isolation, and yes. there is a <clears throat> VR mod for that. A rather is it, is it an official mod? It's not an official mod, but it might as well be. <laughs> It's that well done. Mm. Or rather, they put most of it in and then stopped it, and the fans filled out the rest. And I must admit, yeah, I must admit, I think I've played it for about not long. And yeah, the scary. (laughs) It's you worried your heart, Colin. Actually, Shan, you know what? I was. Because the the heart rate went up, and I found that I was standing up for that one as well. And you you just went for some reason. I feel like if you're in first person, you have to stand up. I mean, it's perhaps just a, a weird thing. Um, I'm, about to, I'm about to start playing Alien Alien Isolation. I've been on um I've been on a horror game kick recently. I really really enjoyed playing uh, Dead Space and Dead Space Two. Um, mm. And the next one is going to be Alien Isolation, so I shall um, I shall definitely compare notes with you when I'm when I've played it. Yeah, you. Although you're going to have to play that in VR, I want I want to see whether or not you do for because um, I remember rightly the Frontiers stall at one of the games cons was next to the Alien Isolation one, and they had a VR rig running on that, and the people that played Alien Isolation came away not looking <laughs> not looking well. <laughs> Nice. Uh, first trivia about Alien Isolation is um, my cousin um, did the artwork for the backgrounds and the stuff. Oh, like nice. That. So as you walk around, that's his artwork. Nice. Uh, ben, were you going to jump in or? or... No, I was just going to say what uh, Shan basically said about um, doing the VR with multiple people and things like that. Yeah, well, I'm I'm interested. I mean, about your opinion on that. I mean, do you think that that VR mode should be, you know, kept separate, you know, in solo mode, or do you think it's no, no, I don't think it's no, everybody together. Solo. Um, every, I'd say everyone together, include, including console players, is always the case. Um, but I would say if we're if let's say for sake of argument, Steve and I are sort of shooting each other in some kind of <clears throat> first-person mm. CQC environment, or even just in, in open-world PvP. Yeah. And Suve moves around by teleporting places, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to shoot him, and all of a sudden he's 10 metres to the left. Yeah. You, just, you don't do it like that. You do it with a delay. You do it so that you, you, do it so that you, you do your teleport thing, and then there's like a little whoosh animation before you can before you reappear there and the and the other people in your instance perceive an avatar running to that point that's how you do it i mean it, it would feel a little bit stilted for the person doing the mo- yeah. the, the locomotion but the, the the point is the philosophy should be as mac winston has very eloquently put it in the past the philosophy should oh actually it might have been you ben sorry the philosophy should be let players do it however they want yeah. have that however the hell they want and let them be their own judge for nausea and how smooth it is. Let's face it, VR is never ever going to give player g- going to give players a an unfair advantage in first person shooters. It's just not. You, you know, no, if, I, if, I mean, if, if you if you're if you're playing VR in a um 
in a in in a game like Elite Dangerous, you're you're going to be at a disadvantage to all the players who have mouse and keyboard and monitor. It's it, it, you know I you made that choice on your head. We are working so no, well. You just you just won't like you can't. You you can't flip an avatar around with a in VR as anywhere near as quickly as you can with a mouse and keyboard. The the point is that it's kind of yeah. it, it should be the player's prerogative. Like the, the the devs should, in my in in my opinion, uh, from a position mm. of complete ignorance, the devs should be should be thinking, you know, if they want to do VR, if they want to make themselves sick, if they want to, they're the best judges of what they're of what of what they are um, of what they can handle and what they can accommodate. If they if they're happy to take a little bit of a uh, I don't know a, a PvP performance penalty for the extra immersion let them you know i, I just don't yeah. I don't it's I, not that it's not the inequality of the person having P, uh, vr having an advantage no of course it's not the, no it's the perceived jankiness of teleporting from a to b to c well, and if they can really if they can really do it so well that I cannot tell if you're teleporting or if you're using WSAD. Then I have no issues with that. On the other That's hand, if if you do have, if you if you can tell that the person's like teleport, teleport, teleport up a hill, and you can't, you don't know what they're doing. Then yeah, I mean, seeing other players in MMOs is always a case of. Oh, look at them sprinting everywhere and jumping erratically. That, that's True. how players act in MMOs. Mm-hmm. No MMO has ever solved the problem <laughs> of the fact that other players yeah, look talking, like we're not in MMO MMOs. Call of Duty or something like that. I know, I know, I know, I know what you mean. And and and, and as I said, there, there are ways to do it. I, I I kind of feel like nobody who's played No Man's Sky in VR ever makes any of these comments of, along yes, the lines of... Yes, No Man's you know, Sky is not... You're not shooting each other. You're working cooperatively with each other. I don't think it makes no, a but you, you, you still are shooting things. You're, you're shooting still things, are... but if, my, I, if I'm shooting Suv, and all mm. of a sudden Suv is 10 metres to the left because he hit the teleport button, that sucks. Yeah, but they wouldn't... On the other hand, if I can't tell that, that... If I can't tell that Suv did that, and then it's like... It takes sort of 10 seconds for Suv to walk from A to B... Not an issue. Can yeah, you still I shoot? Sorry. So can you still shoot? So if Sue press the teleport key and you see him walk across the screen and then arrive at the, at the other end, if mm-hmm. you press fire, yeah. can he still be hit when he's mid-walk? Or can you yes. only shoot him before he, he teleports? Be There's no yeah, reason you why should. not. If the avatar moves through space, there's no reason that the hitbox wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, on game no, it's only as- for the VR player that they see that they're teleporting. All the other players see that they're walking or like running or whatever. Yeah. So it's only for the person who's in VR that's actually teleporting. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of people who are used to sort of that kind of, um, you know, skipping effect, which when the network goes bad and they're, they're yeah. expecting that to happen. I mean, we're, we've been putting up with that for five years in the in the base game, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. about to say, one solved that problem is they didn't let players jump, so you couldn't bunny hop everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay, I mean, obviously, the one thing that everybody's been really happy with for the for the last couple of months has, has been the narratives. Uh, let's let's try a little bit of speculation. Where do you think the narratives are going to go, Shan? I think the um, 
offensive, the Thargoid offensive will continue to escalate. Mm-hmm. So that when we get running around on planets, um, we will be fighting Thargoids on the ground in infested planets. That's kind of where I see it going. Um, and the reason why I think I think that is not just because we've seen images of supposed Thargoids in um, <clears throat> in game, but also for the PVE player, you, mm-hmm. you're going to need to have, if you like, boss creatures or more tougher creatures than humans to shoot, kill, and loot stuff from. And the only thing we have like that that I can think of with the way the narrative going is Thargoids. So I think we'll be fighting to free planets and Thargoid infestation. Yeah. Because of the narrative. You don't think, though, there, that might also lead to the ability to assault the Thargoid bases? Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm including all of that. that that's all oh, right, okay. So you, I don't know. Let's say the Thargoids are taking over um, Alliance Planet LV four twenty six. You get that kind of <laughs> you get that kind of thing where there's there's a base it's been taken over by Thargoids. All the colonists are missing, entombed, or whatever, and it becomes like that because I just can't think of personally anything cooler than raiding an infested base mm-hmm. as if you were in the film Aliens. That'd just be brilliant. Well, let's just hope we do better than that platoon did, or that squad did, because they didn't do very well. Ben! <laughs> and of course, one of the key things that we've got, that Aliens also had, is we've got a scanner. And if it goes beep, 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 <laughs> just like the scanner in Aliens, oh my god! I thought you were going to say, just like in Aliens, we'll have moist membranes. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what he, he had. He had to put it in somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah, I must. I must the admit, um, have voice membranes. Yeah, it does raise an interesting question. I mean, who would you like? Who would you like to investigate these bases? The uh, Colonial Marines or the Lave Radio Crew? <laughs> <laughs> Not Stephen Usher, that's for sure. <laughs> Honestly, it would be like Red Dwarf and the Polymorph all over again. Oh dear, Suv, you got any hopes for the narrative going forward? Um, I would like to see. Um, it's not really a narrative thing; it's more of a uh, it's more of a feature thing. But I'd like to see Thargoid motherships appear. Um, I'd I'd like to see more exploration of uh, what Thargoids are. So, like one of the things that I like most about Frontier uh, mm-hmm. is their commitment to like real well plausibility more than realism. Um, and yeah. I think that the Thargoids are one of the most thoughtful in, I, sort of ideas of what an alien species might look like. It, they, like they, everything about the Thargoids is alien, everything. Um, and you know they, they are as far from the rubber ear interpretation of alien life as it is possible to get. Um, and I'm really, really excited to see more of what their society, phys- physiology, um, their, you know, their, their home worlds, their their architecture, all, all of those things. I I can't wait to see more of the Thargoids, and I think we're going to. And I think one of the things that we'll see is um, is Thargoid motherships. And it would not surprise me if um, if one of the combined arms thing was okay. We need ships to take out the Thargoid interceptors so that the drop ships can land on the mothership and deposit the the players as marines who then infiltrate it and take out the queen or whatever. 
Oh my goodness, that's gone from aliens to um dwarf with a polymorph again. <laughs> no, what's oh good grief. What's what's that? Um Oh, it'll come to me. It was it was a very bloody film. It's sort of Oh, it, I can't I can't believe I've forgotten yeah. this. It War had the, it had the tag. Uh, do you want to know more? Oh Starship Troopers. That's the one. Starship Troopers. Yeah, it's what I was about to say in response to Sue was, um, I don't know if you remember Sue, but apparently there is a telephone book sized document of Frontier where they've gone into detail about Thargoid to the nth degree. I mean, I'm not just talking like the yellow pages. It's supposedly a huge book that uh, David and other people have written about the Thargoids. And in my mind, you don't write that much detail on an alien race. It's all you ever see is their spaceships. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's precisely it. I don't think that we'll ever see everything in the book because um, my experience of, of that sort of thing, I've, not, I've never written for video games, so I, I'm not very well placed to comment, but for, for other writing, other creative writing projects, the the, um, the amount of groundwork that you do is, is, is for your, for your is, is to give you the confidence to touch on things without uh knowing that you won't inadvertently create plot holes or inconsistencies um so you might write 70 pages like a, a sort of 70 page bible on 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 a given thing um but you might actually only touch on a few aspects of it but you write the bible so that it is very all the all the aspects of that thing are very very clear in your mind so you don't accidentally uh, writing consistencies into your story, whatever it may, it may be. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think we'll see more of it. I don't think we'll ever see all of it. And I think that I think that when when the servers are switched off, we we still won't know everything there is to know about the Thargoids. And that will probably be and that well, it will definitely be by, by design. I think. Ben, have you got um, any any preferences to where you'd like to see the story going? I'd actually like to go and go and see more of the Guardian stuff. You know, that that story was looking so interesting, and and then it just suddenly stopped. <laughs> yeah, um, it did, didn't it? And you go around the Guardian ruins, and it's like, oh my god, I just wish I could get out and explore these because there are things that look like doors there. Yes, there are. <laughs> and I just want to, I want to open those doors and find out what the hell's down there. And then probably pick up a anti-thargoid gun or something like that. I don't know, but you know, yeah. you, imagine sort of opening these things and seeing the ruined skeletons of the guardians, or seeing some of their artwork, <clears throat> um, encountering rogue AIs that are you know derelict AIs that are may- maybe malfunctioning even. Malfunctioning, malfunctioning. Mm-hmm. Um, having stuff you turn on and it's actually it's like a hologram of Guardian life. Yeah, I would love to see all that. Even if we don't get anti-thargoid weaponry out of it, just to see what it gives, just to, to see what it gives us about the Guardians. Yeah, and certainly oh, Ramtar oh, would pay for a lot of it, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, oh, almost certainly. That's what we want. Um, Shan, um, you've got some... Yeah, I was thinking also in terms of narratives is, I don't know about you, but when the generation ships appeared in game and, you know, for the greater good, etc., when you listen to the stories and the logs, 
doesn't that just want to make you investigate what was on the generation chips? What do you mean the abandoned ones? Yeah. Mm, I, don't... I would I would love to go on to some of them. I mean, Sue, if you wanted to say something about the Guardians. Uh, Ben's point was yeah, Ben's point was was really really good. There, I, I, I and actually he's he's absolutely right. That's what I would like to see. I would like to see the narrative go back to um, two things: the the Guardian AI and mm-hmm. and whoever held Halsey after she uh, what, what whoever the hidden caretakers of the galaxy were that she that she saw when um, ah. Starship One exploded. So 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 my opinion is that. Um, the the hidden caretakers of our galaxy who have been alluded to a couple of times in, in different sources over the years i think that's the guardian ai and i think they're some sort of transcend tra- they're now a, a sort of transcendent um or transcendent uh intelligence and um uh but but frontier have never confirmed that and they've only been alluded to and they're the, and they were last alluded to several years ago um mm. and it's for me it's the most compelling mystery in elite in elite's universe after after the raxler and the dark wheel and um yeah, and I really, really hope they return to that either this year or or next year. Ben, I know we're we're kind of playing tag here with points as we like. Oh yeah, I want to talk about that, and then as responding to that thing. But mm-hmm. just thinking about when we're exploring the Guardian, not the Guardian ships, the the mega ships. Yeah, you remember there was that episode of the Expanse where they're going off and they're exploring a ruined ship. Mm-hmm. Um. And just you you've got the, 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 the excitement that gives you of fully navigating a ruined spacecraft looking for materials that you could use. You know, it doesn't well, it even is... have to be a mega ship. Just you know, let me let me explore a ruined anaconda and well, hang... steal its bullets or something. Oh surely um that's part of the scavenger the um game Yeah, but that's all on the ground. So oh, far. you want to do it in space? Of course I do. Ah, you? Right. Oh yes, but I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, let I'm, me explore stuff on the ground. Fair enough, but this is a space game. Damn it! You know, I, also <laughs> want, I also want to do a zero g. You know, I want to do a spacewalk over to a ruined anaconda or a ruin. You know, you have you know how you've got like these ruined there's like ruined bases and things as well. What the in in and bases and things like that well i'm thinking on so some ruined bases in space where you've got like part of a courier of a of like a of a ring I, I must admit i haven't come across them um i maybe i'm just thinking of the broken sh- broken bases uh i might just be thinking that mm. uh, so maybe oh sorry sorry yeah, yeah. No, i was just thinking i oh. Sue, I thought we knew what had happened to Halsey. I, I thought she uh, was appearing in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here with Space Ant and Space Deck. <laughs> and that's where she was. She's been in the uh, on a reality show. <laughs> is, that, is, that what, is that the best that we're going to come up with? It's a space reality show. And then they wipe their memories after to protect them from their humiliation. I should write for Doctor Who, shouldn't I? That actually was an episode, wasn't it? Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that that was it. Um, yeah, Daleks and Anne Robinson. A, a scary match, if you ask me. Anyway, um, 
I mean, I personally would like to see stuff like space dredgers come back in. I'd love to have a nice little plot line around maybe Guardian AIs taking over space dredgers and things like that. That would be scary. Um, but yeah, uh, it's hard. Back down on the floor, floor again. Now, are we kind of asking a bit too much in Frontier to come up with these assets in game? Yeah. Well, I know that the space dredgers are already in. They were in 2.4 and they took them out. Yeah. That's that's, that's another mystery. What the hell happened to space dredgers? Seriously. What what on earth happened to them? I'd love to know why they're not in the game. Has anybody... Because I know devs have acknowledged that they're cool. Has anybody ever acknowledged that they're not in the game and that it's weird? Um, Several times. um, And every time I've asked uh, any CM... Now, the previous CM teams about Space Dredgers, uh, they've said, uh, we don't know what you're talking about, in the usual tongue-in-cheek way. Because for those of you who don't know, it was, they were in the 2.4 beta, I believe. And then the two point, and then as soon as that beta ended, they disappeared. Just because they were in a beta doesn't mean they didn't exist. That's, that's bizarre. Oh, no, next, no, time, no. next time we get a dev on, let's ask them, because uh, I would love to find out. I mean, uh, you know, not a case of pointing fingers and... Make it, you know, go and put them in. It's it's more a case of look. I'm fascinated. Like, what what is the technical reason they're not in? Is it is it that they broke the game? Is it that they, they were? Is it that they were overpowered? Is it that the player feedback was terrible? Like, I, I'm fascinated as to why they're not in the game. Oh, I think players love them because one of the one of the one of the fun things to do was you meet up your your friend in game and you'd go, oh, if you if you fly right through the <laughs> space chair, you can get inside the ship. Then they'd fly inside the ship and get munched and blown up so you know that was kind of the fun thing about them but yeah i don't think anyone knows where they went yeah you tell the you tell people there's a free anaconda if they fly into the (laughs) 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 yeah it's um sorry i shouldn't shouldn't really say things like that about that um the other thing that i wanted to bring up actually just quickly um now we do seem to have a, a, an, a huge influx of new players thanks to the Epic Freebie. Um, assuming those players stay around, I take it that's a good thing? More the memory, merrier? Yeah, it's a good thing. Um, well, I'm, I'm yes, trying though. to think of any reason why not. Yeah, I, w- I was just thinking, I mean, you know when it comes to the, the beta? Uh, or we've got an alpha is definitely coming, and normally that's only available to the people that play it. Then you get a secondary stage, which is the beta, which is available to everybody who's obviously going to end up with it. Do you think they should make the beta available to everybody in Elite Dangerous and maybe entice more people to maybe buy Odyssey further down the line? Maybe this is why they said everyone who buys Odyssey gets the alpha, and they call, they called it an alpha, it went in the purchasing page. Mm. So people who bought it get access to alpha. Everybody else gets access to beta. And frankly, let's do go and do what certain other space games do and have a gamma where anyone, including their sister, can download and play the game as well for free. You know, have a weekend where anyone can play. Oh right, so you basically have a uh, a free weekend. Let everybody have a give the, give them a, a, a f- the first weekend is free, and then you have to pay. Yeah. Yep. And two. Oh yeah, I was just saying that. Um, 
I'm one of those people that just came in from that epic freebie. Mm-hmm. So I've uh I do quite go around on these epic freebies and just like see what all the good games are and uh sometimes you know a game like Elite catches my eyes and I just stick on to it. Yeah. And so I think um, that's quite a lot of things. Uh but another thing that we also kind of have to take in mind is uh, a lot of the, the the target audience when you kind of go free on Epic is the um sort of kids or like the Fortnite kids. So mm-hmm. if you see Grand Theft Auto Five, when they went free to play, uh, they really got a lot of money from those shark card sales because uh, all those kids just who normally would have spent that money on Fortnite spent it on GTA Five or maybe they spend it on both. As, as a new yeah. Epic player, into how how are you finding it? Is is um, the learning curve huge? Is it is it is it Honestly, manageable? I haven't done anything crazy yet. Um, right now, all I've done is just flown out to the Colsac Nebula, and um, yeah, that's about it. Right. I've got DBX and the Type Seven, and I've done some basic trading, basic combat, basic stuff, everything. I haven't done any engineering or guardian stuff or anything like that, and I haven't gone deep into the law and things. So, you know, how are you finding? I've the got some seven? time to learn. A bit. Slow. <laughs> You're not allowed to say bad things against the Type 7. It's a glorious ship. And who makes the Type 7? It was made by the best okay. manufacturer on the... Okay, guys, guys, guys. Let N2 finish. Yes, he's... I mean, Lakon's the best. You have a good <laughs> jump range, and you have a... Sh- Crap ton of storage in from one single manufacturer. I don't see why I have to take any other thing unless I'm going into combat, which I'm not going to go into combat for a while. If flying a Type 7, you might find yourself going into combat without necessarily planning to. Hands <laughs> are not coming out of it, yeah. <laughs> I haven't really had that much of an issue with that, so not a big deal for me. Excellent. Um, Shan, you've got a point. Yes, I was going to go back to what we were we were talking about with about the space dredges and and things like that. Mm-hmm. I think they could make it part of the narrative. It's not just where they went, but the assets clearly exist in game because hey, most people saw them in beta. So you, if you made it like a quest, like people, because the idea um, behind Jack Station and um, before it got found was to have a hunt. So basically, where had Jack Station gone? And then there's yeah. going to be a whole story trail for that. But then players got a bit smart and found it, so they had to drop it. Um, so you could do the same sort of thing with uh, space, you know, with space dredges, perhaps. The other thing I was going to mention was about the beta. Um, I don't know if I would want everyone in the beta, because what you want to have with the beta is you want to have a large enough audience to get interest in it, just just to stream it, to talk about it, etc. But mm-hmm. feel special and unique enough to make people want to play it. Because if you just give it to them anyway, and everyone can get at it, it kind of loses that momentum of, oh, you're in the beta, what was it like? Kind of excitement. Mm, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, interesting. There was somewhere where I was going to go that after that, but I I seem to have lost a train of thought. And uh, have we got any other 
I love yeah. that. <laughs> I was going to say something, and I completely forgot what that thing was. <laughs> yeah, it's, no, it's known as a senior moment, Severine. You'll get them eventually. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the usually an, it's usually an issue with membrane. Between. Yeah, my my membranes are breaking down. Yeah, <laughs> the memory's going already. Oh no! So, um, does anybody else like to um got one final point to to say about hopefully yeah. what's coming this year? Well, I mean, talking about the beta here, are we going to go another uh, Valorant or Hyperscape route and just give beta only to um content creators something like that? Because uh, that really wouldn't work with Elite. Depends, because I've been in, invited to a few beaters in games. Some of them are on NDAs. So I can't tell you what game they was, even though they've been out for a while. And others have been part of the public beta. And uh, I don't know, it's hard, because the Frontier have gone two routes, haven't they, with, with the game? <laughs> there was a route where you had to pay, I don't know, a couple of quid to have access to the beta, and that was their way of limiting access, i.e. if you didn't want to pay to have access, you wouldn't you wouldn't bother. And then they went the other way, and they opened it up to everyone and his space cat. Yeah. So, but usually what they do is they, uh, um, and I'm speaking about companies like ArenaNet, et cetera, is they, they invite a certain group of people to have closed beaters where they can give playtest impressions, they can give feedback on how the game plays, and they're in the strict NDA and they can't talk about it ever. Mm. And then as they go down the development cycle, they open it up to, I don't know, content creators, and then they build the hype up, and then eventually they open it up to everyone. So it kind of goes in phases. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did a a small closed beta for a, a group of people just to get first impressions, play tests, flow things like that out there, and then move along. What I'm going to do is I'm going to draw that to a close. Obviously, the as we get more information about what's happening with with Odyssey, uh, it'll be more conversation and speculation fodder. Um, so I think we'll move on to the community corner now. There's a couple of uh, things to for uh, everybody to be aware of. Um, the first buckyball race of the 3307 season, the Sidewinder Fuel Finder. Um, now, the race starts on Saturday the 9th and runs until the following Sunday the 17th. It's been run by Hojo the Fool and is themed around a fuel rat rescue mission with competitors having to get from the Pleiades to Fulham in a mostly stock sidey but with a decent FSD, initially without a fuel scoop. Now, we've got the full details available for the forum post in in the show notes, and I do believe that we have a video to play for it. Hello? Is this the Fuel Rats? Yes, this is Fuel Rats. How can we help? I'm stuck in a fertile land since Lena. That is a full light-year range. The fleet carrier I took left me behind. Is your fuel level still okay, and are you on emergency oxygen? No, both are fine. Well, that's some situation you've got yourself into. We're discussing it. Sit tight, and I'll get back to you. Hello, Commander. Okay. We have a possible solution for you. If you can make it to Silene Orbital in Atlas, you should be able to buy a hauler and make your way back. I should be able to make that. 
Thanks for all the help. We're here to help. Oh, don't forget a fuel scoop. You've got a long journey ahead of you. Oh, oh yes, right. I almost forgot that. Thanks again. Tell your friends about us and fly smart, Commander. 07. Well, there's a there's a warning for you. Fly fly with a fuel scoop. Anyway, um, in other news, shock horror. Alec Turner, um, him of Buckyball fame, is not involved in this one since he's made it out to Colonia for some reason. That's a shocker. I was just going to say, I, I, the video was great. I, I I love the video with the fuel, with the fuel rats and things like that. Although I think I would be the galaxy's worst fuel rat. Um, really. Because in this in this situation of the video, someone had bought a fertilant and didn't have a big enough frame shift drive to get anywhere. I would, if I was a fuel rat, I would just snigger and say, "It's your own stupid fault. Learn to play the game and hang up." So, so basically, your entire uh, response to this would be get good, basically. So I, that's why I tell you, world, the universe is worth fuel rat. But in terms of the video, I think I think it was an excellent. Um, an advertisement, even though if I was the narrator, I would be sniggering at the person's morality to do it. Yes, it did sound slightly familiar. Anyway, <laughs> um, for those of you who have been following my Top Shift series, um, those of you who know that I've been using a lot of power play over the last, well, good grief, almost year now. Um, well, I've finally managed to put the last part together for the Top Shift Guide to Power Play. So there are now four parts all available uh, on on YouTube. So I will be putting a link up to, in the show notes for those of you who'd like to, to see what my experiences are. Um, <laughs> in other words, thumbs up, surprisingly, but only if you're in a big group. It's, it, it's as simple as that. <laughs> if you want the too, too long, don't... Uh, don't read version um, Prime Game Bopper PSN says we all know Shan would be the owner of the fleet carrier in this scenario I don't deny that I think that's a perfect assessment <laughs> you're just disappointed you can't actually direct weapons to fire on oh on I'm sorry I, I forgot something it was, it, was a, it was a post that someone put on the uh, elite forum a couple of days ago is hmm. that it, Apparently, if you decommission your fleet carrier, yes. all the ships it contained are left drifting in space. And the only way you can get them back if your ship is left drifting in space is to use uh, ship transfer and buy them back to the station. Well, hang on. So this left drifting in space, but you can't go... Of course, you're not in it, are you? No. <sighs> Which I thought, what? That's almost worth what, ten billion credits. <laughs> to be honest. So basically, you'd take whatever poor sap is on the is on the on the Shang carrier, head up to the the highest point in the uh, in the galaxy, and then just decommission your carrier. Yes, or you take it to Beagle Point, don't you? And then bankrupt them, paying all their ships back. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Yet again, um, Shan manages to show his empathy. Um, I do wonder whether or not he's... It wasn't, 
who did it, but because it actually happened to someone who didn't want their carrier anymore and found all their ships drifting, you know, effectively drifting in space. So, you, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing it as a public service um, to tell people don't decommission your carrier because you will strand everyone else's ships. <laughs> Of course, he's seen that, like, raccoon rockets says, oh, yeah, don't do it, wink, wink. <laughs> um, in other news, um, the lovely Beetlejude uh, loves drawing pictures, painting pictures, and thank you very much for painting models. Uh, and now she's looking for more people to do, um, uh, for, uh, to, to paint for. Um, so um, I do believe we've got a video for that one as well. <laughs> Hello, uh, I'm Beetlejuice. <laughs> well, I'm Jude. Anyway, uh, I draw pictures, as you probably know, because I, I, I do that. I also read out stuff with uh, Wotherspoon for my sins. But I do loads of pictures. I made 80-odd last year. I enjoy it, and I, I normally stick my toe in any competitions that are going on or anything like that. I really like it when people ask for a picture. It, it would be lovely, and it gives me a chance to draw things because I am utterly rubbish at doing screenshots. So if you want one doing, just just you have to send me the screenshot so I can copy it. <laughs> if you feel particularly flush, you are more than welcome to give me the couple of quid it will cost me to post it to you. <laughs> I'd like it if you have a story behind your picture. And also, I like it very much if you are willing to tell me that story. So I've got something to talk about. Anyway, uh, a happy new year. <laughs> uh, bye. Um, as you can see... Um... Beetlejuice does fantastic elite-themed yeah. artwork. And uh, yes, and, and she's quite willing to do a painting for you if you just send her the... Uh, is it a, yeah? Is it like an art commission? Does she do it for money or does she do it? No, she, she, does it for, she does it for the love of it and the postage. Um, yeah, so <laughs> if, you, if you would like a hand-painted... Uh, hand or hand chalked, or basically elite dangerous themed artwork. Beetlejude is a person to call, and uh, yes, she'd love to hear from you. So that brings us to the end of the community community news this week. Um, obviously, not that much because we're beginning to just begin to wrap up the beginning of of the year. Um, we do have a little bit of any other business. Just for those of you who are Frontier fans, Jurassic World Evolution is free on the Epic Store until the 7th of January, which is fantastic, in my opinion. So has anybody else got that yet? I've picked it up, but I haven't played it. So I know Shan's played Jurassic I, I really enjoyed it. I, I used to um, put little dinosaurs, little plant-eating ones, in, mm. um, in pens for the... Mm. With with the raptors and the and also you could um, what you can do is you can um, shut the shelters and everyone like, runs towards the shelters. So effectively, you can bottleneck all the people into a certain place, and then you just let the T Rexes out. So you did find a way to to murder them. They made it quite difficult. They quite they made it quite difficult to didn't they didn't they design it so that it's actually quite hard to make it a slaughter simulation. Um, yeah, they didn't they try hard enough, though. <laughs> yeah, trust Shan to find yeah. new psychopathic ways to kill people. Um, I must admit, um, I do have it. I'm going to give it a try. I am under the impression that it's actually pretty boring until the dinosaurs get loose. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like Sin City, isn't it? If you're playing Sin City, and you, if you play with... with um, 
hazards on, you'd get like mm-hmm. tornadoes. Oh yes, like that. That was when Sim City got fun. Yeah, right. Well, does anybody else have any other business before I start sen- uh, sending out the shout-outs? Nope. With the uh, zoo game. Um, oh yes, yes. That was, I hope that becomes free on Epic at some point because I would like to pick that up because uh, that looks great fun as well. There was a because uh, they actually did make that very difficult to feed lions to people. Um, I've got, I've don't got you mean people to lions? Yeah, few people to lions. Sorry, but what you can what there's a brilliant video I saw where using the terrain editor, you can mm-hmm. literally make like a, a lion generator on the land above it. <laughs> And then you you poke a hole in the floor, and all the lions kind of just drop down on the people. So yeah, I'm looking. I hope that was on the Epic Store. I, I think isn't the isn't the Planet Zoo the one where um, nobody actually does get hurt; they just get scared a bit. Yeah, but it's fun watching them run around screaming for hours on end. Ah oh dear, I, I do get the impression that that Shan really wants to be the emperor, doesn't he? No, it's interesting. Of course, it's bug testing, yes. Even though the game's been out for for 18 months. Well, <laughs> that's, why I hope, that's why I hope it's next on the Epic Store, because I, I do fancy playing it. Yeah, everybody's suggesting that um, you're Etienne Dun- No, not Emperor Ming, just the Star Wars, uh, Emperor Palpatine. It's, that's the kind of thing he'd do. Emperor Dawn. <laughs> Emperor you Dawn. Are- I kind of think you've got some kind of um, crush on him. I just think he makes really delicious processed meat products. <laughs> you like Sweeney Todd engineer? Yeah. Exactly that. Stephen Usher is saying you're more like Ming the Merciless, who, <laughs> was, who was basically burning Earth up for a laugh. So that does sound very, very Shan, doesn't it? It really does. No, that was 2020 Shan. 2021 Shan is completely different. I must admit, Shan, I'm having a little bit of difficulty telling the difference personally. Uh, if anything, it seems a bit more annoying. Yeah, right. Well, um, let's have a look at the shout-outs that we've got for this uh, this week. Well, we have to say congratulations to Malik VR for breaking the record from Seoul to Beagle Point. He completed the run in just 5 hours, 48 minutes and 10 seconds, which was only 4 minutes and 18 seconds faster than the previous record. Uh, a gap this small over 60 Kylies is amazing. How the heck's he managed it? Is it? I take it that is in a, a jumper conda, monster energy drink. Well, I'm not sure it is a jump conda because, <laughs> um, because the thing about it the was a, he was in an 84 lightyear conda. Oh, okay, so he completely had maxed it out because I was thinking about doing how you, the logistics of doing that because the anaconda is pretty slow in the super cruise mm-hmm. and. If you get to a system where you have to refuel and you can't get to the next one, that slowness in Super Cruise could make it slower. So it's an interesting one. Hmm. I think about that. I that think is- he, might, uh, he also did it completely in VR. With, I think it was completely in VR and using voice attack as well. Wow. I must admit, um, the most I could manage with the VR headset on was two hours. I had to take it off at the end of that, so fair play to him. I mean, which headset was that, Colin? Um, Vive. 
Yeah, okay. I've I've worn the I've I've played uh, Elite in the Oculus Rift for six or seven hours, very very happily. I I've, I I think I've played most of a day before in the Rift. Um, I, I end up having to take it off, not because I feel nauseous or because it's heavy or because my neck hurts or anything like that. The reason <clears> I end up the, the the reason I end up having to take it off is because, um, I my face gets sore where the foam touches it because of the, because <laughs> like it's amazing honestly the the Oculus Rift is the CV1 is just the most ridiculously comfortable headset it it is absolutely amazing how long you can well how long I can happily wear it for I was really amazed uh, when I because I didn't I didn't I didn't know how uh, how quickly I'd take to it um, but I was very very impressed by that do you not get sweaty ears no, because it doesn't like it doesn't really cover your ears. I mean, the, 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 there are headphones that are near your ears, but they and um, and if you want, they can sit on your ears, but they don't really cover your ears in the same way that cup head um, headphones do. It's yeah. moist. I, I must admit, <laughs> we we are getting an awful lot of um, a couple of call outs for for things that Shan's more like. We've got the Mekon from Dan Dare, which I guess only me and you are old enough to remember what the Mekon is. <laughs> Um, although Kaizen has suggested that Shan is Nickelback in human form, I don't understand that. Kai, can, you, heard... can you can you explain your comment, please? You never heard Nickelback. Yeah, I mean, I know their one song, but um, <laughs> on, what is their one song? When did it come out? <laughs> according, so you don't <laughs> according according to Facebook, it's on the what songs have been released twenty years ago today for this year. <laughs> How You Remind Me is the song. Yes, and every song they've done since then sounds vaguely familiar to that. <laughs> when was that released? 2001. Wow, gosh, what a year. I know. Thanks for that. I'm now feeling old. Or even <laughs> older. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what the community question should be. Um, what sci-fi villain do you think Shan closely resembles? <laughs> um, in other shelters, and me <laughs> and rude. You don't believe in turning over a new leaf at all, are you? And redemption and all that sort of stuff. I just believe. Let's have some evidence of this first. What evidence of him turning over a new leaf? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. If we go with democracy here, I mean, three of us here. Do you think that Shan has turned over a new leaf? I think that the only reason that Shan would ever turn over a new leaf is if it uh, was entirely covered with um, starving orphans and that there was a shark pit immediately underneath the leaf. Then he would turn it over with alacrity. I I was going with a a lava pit, but I'll take the sharks. (laughs) But did the sharks have laser beams? Yes. Always. They absolutely did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, our sister you're station. Not exactly, you're not exactly encouraging me to keep up this good behavior, are you? Your behavior has been awful. Why would why would we encourage it? I've been polite. I've never sworn. I've even used the dot system. Uh, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice has pro- uh, suggested progestic and Vogon gels. How's your poetry? <laughs> Brilliant. Can, can, can you care to give us an example? <laughs> uh, Bitstorm suggested Bester from B5. I actually liked Bester in an in a weird kind I, of way. I really liked Bester, yeah. I loved Emperor Katajir as well. 
<laughs> the Doctor from the sixties Lost in Space TV series. Oh, no, he was just, he wasn't evil. He was just a coward. I don't think Shan's a coward. Anyway, right, we're we're, we're mixing up our um shoutouts. Pardon? How about Khan? No. Oh God, I'm, no! That's put a mental image in my head. No. I think he's like Rita Repulsa off of Power Power Rangers. You know, this this goes to show the the age difference because I've never seen Power Rangers. Clearly not a nineties child. No, <laughs> no, definitely not Power a nineties child. Meanwhile, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, they broadcast on a Thursday at 8.30 GMT. You can tune in at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers. Or if you just want the audio, you can go at radio.forthemug.com. Um, for those discerning commanders that like a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. Fantastic way to actually get that that little red rating at the bottom of the screen up. Um, right, for those of you who like a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, uh, please subscribe to the Data Slate podcast, which is created by Station Commander Alan Stroud, who who generally does write stuff for video games. Um, and following this, we also have the amazing Galactic Digest news as supplies come up as supplied by Commander Wotherspoon with contributions by Commander Beetlejude as well. Um, so we'd least like to thank everybody who's chipped in uh, on the Twitch chat with, and Ben, how many in-game commanders have, have been flying by? I thought I saw Commander Pom there. Yeah, we've had P- Commander Pom trying to, well, successfully suiciding against me uh, a couple of times now, actually. He did like to explode in my face. Um, right. And Paul Archer's been just sitting there like a very distinguished gentleman. And I've been basically trying to get up close and personal with Mindwipe. Oh, fine. And so far, we've got more Shan comments. Um, There's Gargamel, the evil monk from the Smurfs. Um, (laughs) Stephen Usher has said he's not Silas Greenback. (laughs) He's nowhere near good enough to be Silas Greenback. Um, Vote... Um, there's also Zelda from the the Terrorhawks. <laughs> Eggman from Sonic, but I think the best one, and Shan will probably like this. Shan should just be the voice from the Mister Rons. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Captain I can see Black. That. Evil Edna. Who's Evil Edna? From Will of the Wisp. <laughs> For the evil telly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh no, there's a horrible thought. There isn't any, there's not an evil Teletubby. Is Edna the original one, though? No, I thought you were on about the evil witch from uh, the Emu show, but that's Grotbags. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was Grotbags. Ah, oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Indeed, it was Mind Wipe, it was Kenneth Boy. <laughs> we shall leave this aside even though it is too much fun. But that is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com. 
Hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, or you could join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come and chat. You can find them at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Word of warning, it is shared with the Hutton Orbital Truckers, so remember to block your nose because... They do smell quite a bit. Do get in touch if you have any questions or if you've anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode or if you've come up with a new evil character for uh, for Shan. Um, <laughs> Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half eight and is streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Shan. Thanks to Ben. Thanks uh, to Souverine. Thanks to N2 for... Uh, for contributing and thanks of course to uh today's tech specialist the chris mark four so until next time commanders fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous seconds I'll be right back. Galnet News Digest, 5th of January 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. Prime Minister Accused of provoking Thargoids. The Lacon Ninja. Canon's New Year shopping list. Premature congratulations in Fuelham. Prime Minister accused of provoking Thargoids. Following the surprise Thargoid incursion into nine systems last week, slow and steady progress is being made in driving the alien menace back. Six systems in the Witchhead Nebula and three in the Colsack Nebula suffered Thargoid incursions. The Thargoid presence has already been significantly reduced in several of the systems, with the Muska Dark Region PJ-P B6-1 the first to be cleared out. 
but the Thargoids appear to be more resilient than previously, and it seems likely that they will not be completely driven out of all systems by Thursday, which may result in an escalation in their presence. The Anti-Xeno Initiative and the Post-Disaster Evacuation Service are in attendance in all systems, and Operation Ida is standing by to start repairing stations once the incursions conclude. Meanwhile, Prime Minister Mahon has come under attack from other Prime Ministerial candidates for his expansionist policies and his exploitation of Thargoid resources, which some see as the cause of the recent backlash by Thargoid forces. And there's confusion over Utopia leader Pranav Antal's invitation for the leaders of the three superpowers to get together for a good old chinwag to discuss Thargoids, Marlinists and not attacking each other. When there are terrorists about getting all the superpower leaders together in a single starport, seems a sensible thing to do, right? The Lacon Ninja So, it has finally happened. Lacon's board, stuffed with recent appointees, has accepted the bid from Core Dynamics Jupiter Rochester. If the regulatory approval is gained, in March, Lacon Spaceways will join surface vehicle manufacturer Vodal in becoming a wholly owned subsidiary of Core Dynamics. But why is Core Dynamics interested in buying Lacon? Why would the manufacturer of a triumphant range of designs, including the Eagle, the Vulture, the Corvette, the Assault Ship, the Dropship and the Gunship, be interested in in a ship manufacturer whose only offerings include such poorly designed and unappreciated ships as the Asp Explorer, the Diamondback Explorer, the Type 6, Type 7, the Type 9 Heavy, uh, the Type 10 Defender, the Challenger, Chieftain, a Crusader and a few others. There must be an ulterior motive. And, of course, that motive is the other Lacon ships. The ships that no one talks about. Because they're the best stealth ships in the galaxy. So stealthy that no one even knows they exist. The Type 5 Ninja and the Type 8 Shadow are believed to have a feature list including... Well, well, no one's quite sure what they include because no information exists about them. They're jolly hard to spot on the radar and no one has ever seen one. Some say they employ a Romulan cloaking technology. There are rumours. Jasmina Halsey flies them when she heads off to visit the real caretakers of our galaxy. And no one even notices she's left her desk. And now, Core Dynamics CEO Jupiter Rochester is about to find out the secret. Will the Alliance government step in to rescue Lacon at the very last minute? Or is the secret of the ninja and the shadow about to become public knowledge. Canon's New Year shopping list. In the wake of the discovery of a brand new species, the globe mollusk, that was discovered at the very end of 3306, the bungling boffins of Canon Interstellar Research have compiled a list of all the mysteries of the galaxy, of all the wonders that haven't yet been found. It's a long list. A very long list. Things that haven't yet been found include Chirulium Lagrange storm clouds. We know about the ordinary sort, but not the ones with storms in them. 
We haven't found a Blatteum octahedral pod yet, nor one of the types of collared pod that we think should exist. We've found Lindigoticum and Punicium astropods, but we have not yet found the corresponding trees. Similarly, we have found four varieties of chalice pod, but no trees of these species at all. We've discovered a mishmash of peduncle trees and pods. We find both the Chirulium peduncle tree and its pod, but we have found the trees, and not the pods, of the Albidum, Ostrinum, Rubellum, and Viridae varieties, and the pods, but not the trees, of the Candidum, Gypsaeum, and Purpurium varieties. We have the Aurarium gyre tree and pod, but only the tree of the Viridis sort, and only the pod of the Roseum sort. And so the list goes on. There are not yet discovered Taurus mollusks, Squid mollusk, Bullet and Bell mollusks. There are anomaly types. The K09, the T03, the L02, the L07, the P06 and P11 anomalies are all believed to exist, but have not yet been found. Canon is also on the lookout for planets that collide, or better still, contact binary planets, two planets or moons that are permanently in contact, orbiting their parent body, holding metaphorical hands. Finally, Canon is still trying to find a way into the permit-locked HIP-22460 system, a system that almost certainly holds a Thargoid surface site and is also the place where the black-flight megaship the Overlook disappeared. It may be that the Pleiades Resource Enterprise can issue permits for the system, but the means to get them to do this has not, as yet, been found. So there's plenty for the boffin boys to be getting on with. Premature congratulations in Fulham. The fuel rats aren't going to let facts get in the way of a party and they're celebrating their 100,000th rescue in style. Even though they've only rescued a little over 98,000 clients so far. They have announced the winners of the designer poster to celebrate our 100,000th rescue competition. And the Buckyball Racing Club had announced the Sidewinder Fuel Finder race, also known as the Rat Finder Seven Sisters race, also known as the Rats Endurance Rally. You start at Artemis Lodge in Salerno with a 2A frameshift drive and a stock Sidewinder, no fuel scoop. You can sell modules, but you can't add anything except the FSD until you get back to the bubble at N'Galia, at which point you can add any modules you like and get yourself to the finish line at Walheim Visions in Fulham as fast as you can. The tricky bit is finding a route back from the Pleiades that will allow you to refuel at stations before you run out of fuel and have to call the fuel rats. And if you do have to call the fuel rats, you'll be helping them towards the 100,000th rescue they're already busy celebrating. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news, so you don't have to. (laughs) 